from Birmingham, Alabama. You're listening to the Flat Picking Pilgrim's Progress. I'm your host, Gary Furr, and I'm so glad to have you with me today. Whether you're sitting in your favorite chair or riding along in the car, I'm glad we're going to get to spend this time together. Well, good morning and welcome. Hope you're having a good day today. I spent the first, I guess, dozen years of my uh, career as a minister in small towns in Texas and South Georgia. Now, Texas, like most states in the United States, has small towns with peculiar names Since they're populated by a lot of peculiar people, this seems appropriate. I I found by looking on the internet some town names and unincorporated names in Texas like Blessing, No Trees, Dumas, here's one I've been to, Cut and Shoot, and Ding Dong. Uh, There was a place where they built a store in the 1930s, and the store uh, was uh, named the Jotem Down Gin Corporation. So uh, it was a fictional store and some kind of radio show, and so Jotem Down, Texas was born. Texas has a Twitty, used to have a Conway. There's a telephone, a telegraph, and a town called Quicksand, northeast of Beaumont. In Texas, you can go to Venus, Athens, China, Dublin, London, Detroit, and Reno. Energy, Texas is a tiny dot southeast of Abilene. There's a coffee city, Bug Tussle. And Bigfoot, Texas is named for its most famous resident, a Texas ranger named William A. Bigfoot Wallace. There's a town called Balmaria. It was named for three land developers who sent their agent to file the plat for the town site, and their names were Balcom, Morrow, and Ray, R-H-E-A. So they put all those together, and they got Balmaria, or Balmaria, which is one of the few rhyming words with diarrhea. There's Muleshoe and Fair Play, and there's even a town called Earth. And that brings me to a story about a song I wrote. Once I was out in Lubbock to lead a retreat for the good folks of the Second Baptist Church, and we were going to drive up to New Mexico to a retreat center. A nice older lady came up to me and introduced herself, and I've changed the name. She said, my name is Louise, and I'm from Earth. I didn't have a clue what she was talking about, so I said, well, I'm Gary, and I... Come in peace. Take me to your leader. Turns out she was from a little town out near there called Earth, Texas. According to local lore, the founder thought the fertile soil was so wonderful that he named the town Good Earth, and the post office just shortened it to Earth. So you can send a letter to Earth, Texas, and it will get there. And besides, when I lived in Texas, I found out most people were so sure that Texas was bigger than the earth anyway. 
and it made sense. Well, we headed up for the retreat, and on the way I saw there was another town on that way in New Mexico called Wagon Wheel, an unincorporated little place, and my songwriter mind got interested in that. Now, I, I jot little weird things like that down for ideas for poems or songs or just anything, I've got fragments lying all over the place. It can be a picture word, an image, a line, or a place, or something that happens. But it strikes me as interesting. If it's interesting, I put it down somewhere. So I have notebooks full of these little random jottings and things I recorded on my phone or hundreds of observations. And I, I keep turning them around. And then I thought, wouldn't it be a great image to be broke down in wagon wheel? So I started playing around with that idea, and I was going to write a whole song about being broke down in wagon wheel and passing through earth, and you know, sounded like a lot of fun. Well, like most of my notebook ideas, they, they have to sit there, and I'll add a new line now and then and put it in there with it, but most songs don't happen all at once for me. They've made for some people. Um... It was going to be funny, and then it was going to be about being stranded, you know, trying to find the right idea. I just knew there was something interesting in there to write about or sing about. So songs have to gestate, and some years went by, and one day a friend told me about finding a little wheel from a child's wagon, one of those old red radio flyer wagons that has a little black handle on the front that you pull a child along in the wagon and and my friend said, where, where did that wheel come from? And who did it belong to? And how did it get lost out there all by itself? And so we, you know, it's kind of an interesting thing. So a song began coming together. And I was thinking about what a tragedy it was for the, uh, that little wagon to have lost a wheel. And what a tragedy it was in the Old West when one of those wagons, Conestoga wagons, uh, had a broken wheel, and you were really in a bind. Uh, there weren't any shops to fix them nearby. People launching out into the unknown and in the hope of a better life. And then I thought about modern pioneers, people desperate to find a new life, sometimes riding around in a junky old car and hoping things are going to turn for the better. And, and then a story came back to me from my time in Texas. And this is a true story about a family in an old station wagon in Texas broke down. When I was pastor in Central Texas during graduate school days in the 1980s, we often got a lot of desperate people who would come off Interstate 35. We were right next to it. And our little church was less than 100 members, and uh, there were people coming and going on the interstate looking for help of every kind. And Sometimes we even kept people in our house when they had nowhere to go. There was nowhere to really keep them in our little town uh, if they were stranded. Uh, one day my wife saw a young woman sitting in a car in a driving rain out behind our house with a little puppy in the car. and uh, She went out and met her and introduced herself and uh, then invited her to come in and we eventually kept them in the house. They were Turns out, running from the law in Indiana, we didn't know it at the time. So our children grew up seeing all kinds of folks in trouble, and 
that we would help them. And sometimes they uh, occasionally were in jail or just getting out of jail or uh, trying to get home or trying to go somewhere, uh, life in motion. Now, I was always careful to point out to my girls that you need to know the difference between a potential boyfriend and a mission project. But anyway, one day, this old beat-up station wagon, white station wagon, gasping for its last breath, pulled up next to our parsonage. I answered the knock at the door, and I saw a young woman standing there looking down at her feet and said, Sir, can you help us? And I said, Well, yeah, what can I do for you? And she said, Well, we're homeless, and my husband, he's looking for work. We've been out of work for a while. we got four children. Our youngest is five years old. Today's his birthday. We don't even have a birthday cake. Now, the old pastoral theologian Wayne Oates once said, You haven't been in ministry till you've been used. So, of course, I was going to help them, and I never worried too much about how genuine people were. If they had children involved, I was always glad to help. But I said, I'd like to come out and meet your husband and children. She was a little awkward about that, but we walked out to the car and I looked inside. I recognized them immediately. I never forget faces. And I said to the lady, I thought you looked familiar. You came through here four years ago and I helped y'all out. Your baby was one and I let y'all vacuum the fellowship hall in exchange for buying you some groceries and gas and a little bit of money. You came from Pittsburgh, didn't you? She was startled and said, yes. I said, your husband had been laid off from the steel mills up there. My gosh, have y'all been riding around in this car for four years? Well, she said, it's been a hard time. I said, hang on a minute. Let me see what I can do. So, you know, we pastors are not just uh, preachers of the Bible. We're also employment agencies and social workers and counselors and everything else, especially in small towns. So I called up Brother Kenneth Green. He was a retired pastor who ran a campground in our little town. And he had a little camper there on the back of the property that was his. And sometimes he'd let people stay in there temporarily who didn't have anywhere to go. And he said he'd be glad for them to stay there until they could get on their feet. And then I called Albert McDaniel, who was a plumber, and he said he desperately needed a helper. Somebody could go to work tomorrow. All they had to do was be able to crawl under a house. And I came back out to the family and I said, I have so much good news for you. I found you a place to stay. And I said to the husband, I've got you a job working with a plumber first thing in the morning. I'll get you some money and some groceries. And my wife even has part of a strawberry cake in there that I'll give you all for the birthday. Oh, they thanked me profusely. And I gave them directions to the campground, and I went and got the cake and gave it to them, and we rejoiced. People would have said it was a God thing today. I had a vision of the prodigal family coming home for the fatted calf and everyone rejoicing. And they got in their car and they headed off in the direction of the Green Family Campground. They were waving out the window to us. And I never saw them again. As far as I know, they're still out there riding around in that car. And maybe those children, when they graduated, they got their own wandering cars rambled out into the world. But now and then when I think about them, I really hope that Maybe they've put down some roots somewhere. 
Well, that story gave me an image and a verse for the song I wanted to write. And then that little wagon wheel lying there from that child's wagon gave me the third one. And I began to think about the desperate longing of people to find what Paul Turnier, the Swiss psychiatrist, called a place for you. Wandering and looking is as much of the part of the human experience as belonging, but there is something about us about getting there, belonging, coming from somewhere. Now, I've seen these bumper stickers that say, not all who wander are lost. They're often on the back of a camper. On the other side is one that says, I'm traveling on my children's inheritance. But in my experience, an awful lot of people who wander are lost. They don't really know where they're from or where they're going, and they don't belong anywhere in the world. Even those who wander on purpose sometimes have to stop and rest, and you have to find a place of your own before you reach the end of this life. There's got to be a place where you belong Sometimes you have to go back, and sometimes it's a new one, but a place where you can contribute something and be loved and be part of other people and help somebody else. You have to have a place where the people who love you can come to see you before you breathe your last and you all make peace so you don't have to carry all those burdens across the Jordan River with you. A destination, a place of your own. Where are you from, we say down south. As Andy Griffith said to a character in a television episode who said he wasn't from anywhere. Ain't nobody from nowhere. And I thought about them all, the pioneers and the deserters and rascals and debtors from England and people fleeing divorces and people in old cars and people in domestic violence shelters looking for that place where they can start over again or forget what's back there or just not be afraid anymore. Refugees and immigrants, transfers from the company office from north to south or south to north or somebody's mother who left her whole world behind where she was somebody after her husband died, to move near the daughter in a world she doesn't know anything about and doesn't know her name. We all need a place of our own. That's what the list of heroes in Hebrews 11 is talking about. People in the Bible who are on the journey of faith, but even at the end of their life, had not gotten where they were going yet because they were still looking for a heavenly city. It's a city, says the writer, where God lets us all lie down at last and not be afraid that an artillery shell or a terrorist attack or a debt collector or somebody who knows the worst thing about you shows up. place where the bully won't chase you down anymore and shatter your sleep again. It's a place for you.
Well, that's how this song got born from weird little town name in New Mexico and a child's little wagon and a whole family living in a car together. Here's the song, and I just call it Wagon Wheels. As you're on your way to the place you're trying to find, I hope you find where you need to be. See you next time. up with her hat in hand Been two years of begging strangers Borrowed clothes and shelter meals They pray each day for new beginnings Keep moving on these wagon wheels Wagon wheels Wagon wheels Keep on rolling Rolling on One road ends And another opens Wagon wheels Keep rolling on Radio flyer 
In the woods Where it had gone Came loose On a summer morning When a little girl Wandered from her home Old town Came to find her Every day The search goes on Keep on searching For the answers To this wagon wheel Lying all alone Wagon wheels Oh, wagon wheels Keep on rolling Rolling on One road ends And another opens Wagon wheels Keep rolling on Looking for That distant city Wagon wheels Keep rolling I'm Gary Furr, and this is the Flat Picking Pilgrim's Progress. Thanks for joining me today. You can find my music at G-A-F-U-R-R, gafur.com, and you can go to my blog site for lots of other information and writings at garyfur.me, G-A-R-Y-F-U-R-R.me. Once again, thank you so much. Join me next time on the Flat Picking Pilgrim's Progress.